Welcome back to another episode of Jay Crypto. Today here I'm joined by Chris. Chris is my new friend. I, I met on a Twitter space. Um, he's kind of looked at as the ergo expert whenever something ergo-esque comes up in, in Twitter spaces. And uh, Chris, thanks for joining the channel. Yeah, man. Thanks for having me. I'm glad to be here. I love talking about ergo, so let's jump right in. What do you want to know? Awesome. So let me start off by saying what I do know, and then we can kind of uh, go, go from there. And you can correct any of these things that I've researched that may be incorrect. So what I know right now is Ergo's its own blockchain. Um, it's a proof of work blockchain. There's an Ergo DEX on Cardano. There's a stable coin called Sigma USD that was a collaboration between Cardano and Ergo, which I'm excited to talk about. Okay, wait. It sounds it, like you, sounds like you have quite a bit going on there. Let me just come back to the Ergo Dex real quick before before I forget. Uh, the Ergo Dex is not on Cardano yet, right? Okay. So Ergo the Ergo Dex developers have that running on the Ergo blockchain. And so you can make some uh, decentralized trades there, but their plans to have it in Cardano, I think, are the first quarter next year. So uh, we'll see how that goes. Yeah, great. No, thanks for chiming in. Um, the last two points that I've re researched is it's a it's it's not a standard UTXO proof of work. It's actually an ETH UTXO um, proof of work blockchain. Which is, di which is different than, than most proof-of-work blockchains, too. And, and I, I have some follow-ups for that. Um, and it's also been around for quite a bit. It's been around since 2017. Ergo. Yeah, was it 2017, 2018? Uh, yeah, 2018, I think. Um, yeah, that's cool. <laughs> I don't know where to start. I'll yeah. start no, absolutely. And I have some questions too. But one thing I wanted to just dive into was, can you give, if somebody asks you in 20 words or less, how would you explain, how would you explain, how would you explain Ergo? Like if somebody's like, what is Ergo? 20 words or less. Oh, it's a proof of work blockchain. It's kind of revolutionary. It has some of the best uh, available tech in the space. I think that's under 20 words. <laughs> That's a good starting place too, from what I've I've heard and heard you speak about too in the Twitter spaces. Um, let's get into its relationship with Cardano. What what is there? What is the relationship between Ergo and Cardano? Okay, so co-founder of Ergo, um, Alexander Sherpanoy, he he worked for IOHK. He he had an idea called Scorex, which is basically a blockchain framework right and he developed scorex um mostly while he was with iohk from what i understand you could go back and read the iohk papers um, on scorex and see what that project was all about that was a, a framework for people interested in utilizing blockchain technology um, and i think if you look at what the scorex what it looks like it's like the foundation of ergo right mm -hmm. uh so there's a couple differences but really all that scorex 
work done at IOHK was brought over and created this new blooming blockchain. So, um, you know, it's interesting to see that relationship to Alexander and Charles uh, because proof of work and proof of stake over here, you know, there's, there's these differences. But I think that the research-driven um, uh, missions that they both hold and have, you know, it keeps those two blockchains kind of side by side, not real necessarily competing. Yeah, probably competing in the marketplace, but not necessarily competing saying, oh, I'm better than you and oh, I'm better than you. But yeah, they're just, they're just protocols, <laughs> you know, so um, both blockchains are able to learn from each other and having those uh, relationships that date back years and years now. Uh, the scientists, they talk to each other. Alexander's still um, associated with IOG as a researcher. And so, you know, that, that I think is where the relationship is. A uh, part of the EUTXO model yeah. allows us to learn from each other, right? Because um, there's a lot of stuff that is going on with that that people might not have discovered yet. Uh, we're seeing some new stuff with DC Spark, which is basically working on Cardano, right? But their research is showing some things with second layer solutions and side chains, like with their Milka Media, what this EUTXO model can do. And so it's really cool to see, knowing that what they do over on Proof of Stake, we'll probably be able to replicate that in some in, in some kind of scenario with a proof of work blockchain. So, is there any, uh, is there any other EUTXO like blockchains that, or is that kind of just like Cardano really, you know, pioneered that kind of model, and then now Ergo is also adopting it? Is there any others besides those that are doing this, or that you know? Of? Yeah. So Cardano is not really the fr fr front runner. Um, honestly, uh, Ergo, okay. Ergo introduced EUTXO. Um, oh, okay. And so if you, if you look at the white papers for Ergo, you can see that it's built EUTXO so that, um, and then they, Alexander didn't make a big, big deal about it when he did it. Right. <laughs> but when you read through the white papers, you, you see the information is all there. And then later, it was IOHK that did the research um, papers, uh, peer review papers, submitted them to conferences. I don't know what conferences that those papers were submitted to, but um, yeah, Cardano introduced it later, and really with the Shelley fork. So, so those were the yeah. two. Those were the two real like big hitting blockchains, though that that are using EUTXO. So are are any other big like you know higher I don't, <laughs> higher market cap if we want to just say it simply uh blockchain higher, using that new model i don't think higher market cap um but there there are others that use similar style of utxo i don't i don't i haven't had a chance to really research these other projects okay uh, but yeah cardano Ergo, they're, they're probably the leaders in the space because 
you know, Cardado's developing smart contracts now using the, the Plutus infrastructure, you know, and they're going to be bringing out the back end here soon for that. Um, and Ergo's had smart contracts since day one. And so we're experimenting there, trying to, you know, use those and understand exactly how that model is going to be a benefit to the world, right? So I've actually, to your point, I've actually heard Ergo, I think it was on a YouTube video when I was doing my research before this interview. And somebody mentioned it as somewhat of a sandbox in a way for EUTXO. And because they're, they're kind of trying things first. So I'm glad that you said that Ergo was the first because now it kind of makes sense in my mind why that uh, analogy could be used. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, I can see how somebody would look at it as a sandbox, right? Because Ergo's a smaller player. And so, okay. for, well, you know, two years now with smart contracts being available using that model, everybody else can look at it and go, oh, this, this small project is doing this, you know. Uh, maybe they went in there and they played around with the code and maybe they, you know, they experimented themselves. I, I don't know. I wasn't around, you know, the, two years ago. So um, a, a lot of people think that it, six months ago, a lot of people thought it was like a test net for Cardano, you know? <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of misinformation because there, there isn't much recently when I was doing my research, there was a lot of stuff from like five months ago that had like a lot of views and that probably is why I saw it first. Um, but it is interesting to, to illuminate that. So like, what do you think about the uh, relationship of blockchains in general? Cause it seems like uh, Ergo and Cardano do have a special thing going where they're a little bit more cohesive and willing to work together. Plus they're kind of doing a unique tech, which separates them from other blockchains. And it seems like there, there is a little bit of, okay, let's, work like for other blockchains let's work on our own first and then you know maybe we'll worry about cross chain what do you what are your thoughts is that kind of assessment uh fair for like a market sentiment point of view oh so for market sentiment i think that the um the relationships of blockchain technology gets kind of sticky depending on who's working on it uh i see like researchers that are you know, generally uh, or wholeheartedly trying to push the space forward and not just developing a blockchain, but they're trying to uh, create tools for the world, oh, right? Okay. Yeah. Uh, these researchers, they talk back and forth and they learn from each other. They read the research that these uh, each other do, right? Yeah. Um, and so I don't know how to say that those associations is kind of brings the chains closer together, you know, and yeah, because they're, they're working, maybe they're working on different chains, but they're still exchanging info. Right. And so um, with these other marketing techniques that some blockchains have, it's just about make a great blockchain and let's use it for this. And let's, uh, we're, we're just going to use what we have, you know, I see that a lot with, I mean, there's thousands of coins out there, but... Yeah, there's a lot now, for sure. You know, um, <laughs> Cardano and Ergo, they're both kind of research first and 
both of them have the same goals of changing the world, not just yeah, not just creating that that tool to be used as a point of sale system, you know, right. or increase transactions. They really dig deep. Yeah, they in, dig deep, man. They yeah. dig it out with you guys. I've noticed that they dig deep. They're really trying to change the world. Absolutely. It's, it's insane, man. But um, all right, let me ask you this, because when I hear Ergo, sometimes I hear Bitcoin. What's the relationship between Ergo and Bitcoin? Yeah, so Bitcoin's basically the father of chains, right? Let's 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 put it how it is. With Bitcoin coming out, that's set the standard. Yeah. Or cryptographic protocols, um, and the way that we can have an open, immutable ledger, right? Um, research hasn't necessarily stopped with Bitcoin, and we kind of see that through their uh, BIPs, right? And so people are continuing to develop on Bitcoin. Yeah. And with that, Ergo has a lot to learn from that development because. Um, you know, we're, we're a smaller ecosystem. And so having less developers, less people involved, there's less contributions, right? So if we can learn from somebody else contributing to the blockchain space um, in another area, that just works out tremendously well for everybody involved because we can take something they're learning, apply it to what we're doing, and I mean, if good code is good code. It doesn't matter whose it is. And if it's open source, like Bitcoins, then hey, let's use it. I think it gets lost on people that that's one of the key factors of why innovation is so fast in, in crypto is this open source model of, of just being able to, it's insane because I don't think that we've had, you know, if we look back at history, this is moving quick. You could. You can do a lot and use a lot that others are using, to your point. Sorry to interrupt. <laughs> no, absolutely. I'm with you, man. I, I love the open source um, communities. It's it's cool how people just work together, you know. Um, and now Bitcoin just released their taproot. Uh, basically, yeah. it was it was a voted on months and months ago, but it's slowly going to roll out. And that's it. <laughs> One of the things that they bring with it is a smart contract layer, right? Yeah. So now you'll be able to use the UTXO model um, on Bitcoin to have smart contracts. contracts. And with them doing that, Ergo will be able to develop over into Bitcoin, if that makes any sense. So that's the part that I'm trying to make sense a little bit more. Cause, cause yeah. So if you can dig into that a little bit. Okay. So, for example, uh, they're both UTXO models. Uh, Ergo's extended it with the smart contracts, right? Um, and so Bitcoin now is moving forward and they brought in smart contracts. Uh, not a lot of people talk about it. And honestly, like myself, I don't really understand how they did it or what's going on with that. Because that's a lot of information to read, right? It's a lot, man. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but uh, for... For an example of how Ergo and Bitcoin can be interoperable and work side by side and integrate, uh, uh, Ergo Dex is operating on the Ergo blockchain now, right? And by using a DAP connector with Uroi, there's going to be some Cardano involvement. 
well, then they're going to launch the Ergo Dex on Cardano. And I don't even know what that looks like, but yeah. that's all going to be, it's going to be running over here and it's going to be running over here, right? And then you're going to have a, a way to in, be interoperable and cross-platform. So you'll wrap Erg and put it on the Cardano blockchain, just like you're going to wrap ADA and put it on Erg blockchain. Erg, you know, so now you have both coins on each other's chains. And I think that's kind of um, the idea with Taproot and Bitcoin uh, and Ergo. So you might see Ergo on the Bitcoin blockchain. I know you're gonna see Bitcoin on the Ergo blockchain because it's like, uh, you can't just throw it out, it's, it's good stuff. Yeah, <laughs> so so yeah. Just, just from that last point on why you could see Bitcoin on the Ergo blockchain just because it's a great asset. Is that what you mean? Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Absolutely. So, so let me ask you this, because because this was this was something that I really wanted to dig into, which was the Sigma, the Sigma USD. So, so the stable coin on Ergo, like I I go to this market sometimes, and there's this this guy that's become a really good friend of mine. He's like. He's been in Cardano for so long. He, he was the first person I heard about Project Catalyst from. It was like back, I don't know, six months or like a, a while back. And he, a while was, ago. he was telling me that. And he also was telling me about this stable coin on, <laughs> on Ergo, like the Sigma USD stable coin. But he's like, you know, he, I, I think his explanation, we didn't have too much time to talk. So I couldn't ask what the, what the value prop was for their stable coin. But he said that it's going to be like, it's going to be like the number one or competitor to uh, I think he said Terra's stable coin for some reason, but um, it's going to be a really great stable coin. Yeah. So I tried to look into Terra. I don't know whether or not, you know, SIG USD is going to compete with that because um, Terra's, I, I don't know in competition for like market cap or, you know, the, the amount of minted, stable coins uh terra was weird i saw it like totally centralized or no there was a huge factor of centralization and i just as soon as i saw like 40 percent of these tokens were for the development team i've i've i put that down i didn't even keep reading and i said i'm not i'm done (laughs) you know turned me off really big time um sig usd is really interesting because it's uh, algorithm algorithmically is an al- algorithmic stablecoin. Yeah, it? it's al- it's algorithmic, right? Yeah. So th- there's some values percentages that the treasury has to maintain for you to mint more of them, and then also, you know, SIGUSD has to be a specific value or percentage compared to the treasury before you can mint more treasury tokens, right? Um, but the cool thing is it's it's just crypto backed. It's only backed by Ergo right now, right? Um, Interesting. That's probably gonna change in the future because there's been some talk about a basket of assets backing stable coins. Right, and- which I could see happening too with, with all the assets that are available and getting physical to the digital. Could do a lot of cool things. Yeah, a lot of cool things. So uh, it's totally decentralized. The SIG USD is. The Ergo is 
had a decentralized distribution. And so anybody that's contributing to the treasury of the SIGUSD is able to do it in a decentralized manner. Nobody can say, oh, you can't do this. Now, now that protocol, the algorithmic protocol, yeah, it might lock somebody out from contributing and taking part in it. But no one person, you know, the algorithmic protocol is determined by several factors and it it's unbiased to who you are or who's involved. So Yeah, no, that's great. I think I'm definitely <laughs> trying to do a video on just that the Sigma USD because it just looks it looks like to be, I've studied a lot of algorithmic stable coins, so I've seen a lot fail, but like this looks a little bit different because it's, it's being, you know, really collaborated on by two big players, which is Cardano and Ergo. And, and, and um, how is Cardano collaborating on the stable coin, by the way? Do you have any information on that, Chris? Because I saw that when I was researching. Yeah, so IOHK did some research into the AGUSD protocol, right? And so SIGUSD is based off of the age usd protocol um and if you look at the age usd protocol it it it's basic layout for the algorithm and how that's gonna how that's gonna work um i, I don't know how they developed the numbers they did and all of that jazz but yeah um, it's that's what they're cool probably but i hear you yeah <laughs> yeah so it's all in the research that's where the collaboration was right um, now you see like with Jed, the uh, Jed stablecoin is coming. It's also backed up by that AGUSD research, you know. And so that was Emergo, IOHK, and Ergo. They all got involved in researching the best route for a stablecoin. Interesting. Okay. Can we take it back real quick? Because it just got lost upon me that, I mean, I just recently learned what UTXO, what EUTXO and all those terminologies mean. And just in case anybody's watching that didn't catch that, can can I get your quick explanation for like, um, like UTXO, I've heard it referred to as if you go to the store and you have $20 and, and you're buying something for $18, it's basically a model or accounting system that you give that $20, you get back $2. And that's how the standard UTXO model works. And then Ethereum has more of a credit debit system where it's like using a card at the store and it just kind of like, you know, takes the credit and the debit and basically, you know, passes it on. So do you have any like, like layman's terms to help kind of anybody trying to understand those two models and then we'll dive into EUTXO after but <laughs> just right. get the fundamentals down first you know I mean the yeah it, it's complicated the UTXO model I think you explained the counting model pretty good right okay. if I go in with $20 I'm, and the bread is $18 I'm mm -hmm. going to pay with $18 and the the other side's not going to know anything else about, you know, uh, my accounting. I'm not sure the best way to explain that, except for, you know, with like a Visa, Mastercard, they all use this accounting model, um, and, and there's there's good reasons that people would use it because it's fairly simple, it's straightforward, right? I think that there are possibilities of security risks involved with the accounting model, just as we've seen. 
uh, on plenty of shows, you know, in Hollywood, they'll show just hackers hack up a number, you know, and create a, a, a huge bank account, whatever. That, that, that probably really happened. You don't have to see money in that accounting model, right? Uh, and that's kind of how I refer to the accounting model is it's not that secure. Uh, the UTXO model is, um, yeah, you're, you're gonna pay 20 and then you're gonna get, or pay with the $20 bill and get that $2 back, right? That That's just a way of inputs and outputs working, okay? So you have input boxes, you have output boxes, and then you have transactions here in the middle. Um, with these input boxes, which is basically, let's say, a, a really watered down version would be like an address where your your coins are, okay? <clears throat> it's not, that's not actually the technical way of describing it, but it's all I have a dip, <laughs> you have a hard time describing that too. So you have inputs over here and outputs. After the transaction, all your outputs go over here. Now, what's gonna happen is we're gonna drain this box, right? Basically, this box is gonna disappear, it's gone. And it, not technically, but I mean, there's history of it and all that. But the transaction is now gonna send, you know, $18 over here, and then you're gonna have $2 over here. And yeah, it's both outputs, essentially. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So with Ethereum, it would just be sending $2, right? So this input box is still here. Right. Uh, or that, that. Yeah, so I don't know how to explain it. You no, know, it's, uh, it's, it's so tough. And it's like, it's a, <clears throat> you know what, why it's important, I think, is because when we get into EUTXO in a minute, I think that is a huge factor in, in both of these blockchains, Ergo and Cardano. So, I mean, it's, it's a revolutionary shift. So, so like, EUTXO, it's going to be tough, you know, if you're watching the viewers, but I, Chris, let's dive into that, man. What's the difference? What's, what's the power of EUTXO? Oh, it's extended, right? And so by extending it, you have so many different things you can do with it. With Ergo, you have, um, you know, a box has 10 registers. Uh, the, what, the way I've been looking at it lately is that th those registers can have config boxes or, or config Shit. No, I mean, I've got to confuse you as I confuse myself. Like you said, it's going to be hard to understand, right? Yeah. Um, one of the best things about EUTXO is, is how you can trace back all these coins, right? Um, but with that extended model, you can also bring in requirements for spending those coins, okay? Um, and it's all got a lot of script put into the permissions, right? I, I know I'm not explaining this. I'm going to get... <laughs> it's hard, though. Like, it's not an easy... It is. But it's so important. So, like, basically, with Ethereum, let's use it, you have the, you have the output and the input after the transaction. Is that, is that correct? Is that what you said? You had the output because you're sending it, but you still have that input with... Um, uh, that kind of accounting system? 
No, see, we're, we're now we're confusing each other, right? <laughs> okay. So on Ethereum, on Ethereum, you're just going to have a bank over here and you're going to send out from that bank, right? That's yep. an account accounting model. Um, in my opinion, that's kind of how it looks for the layman. Um, and then with EUTXO, you're going to take this input box, have a transaction, and that's going to create output boxes. Okay. And everything kind of moves, right? It, it, that, that's the way I see it. Everything kind of moves. So what, what kind, maybe we can explain it like this. What kind of technology is going to be, what kind of applications maybe have you seen or what kind of additional functionality and technology is going to be possible because of this EUTXO model? So the EU, the, the extending it, it's, uh, it allows for so much more than just following the transactions, right? Um, you can follow other transactions, right? You could write smart contracts with uh, a time lock on it. Okay, so it says, okay, this transaction can only happen between block 5 million and 5 million and 10. So you have like a 20 minute window to make a, make a transaction, right? You can do that. And that, that's kind of like the technology that comes with the EUTXO is this ability to do that um, the, the way I see it. So let's say, let's say uh, Bob and Alice, they, they both, kind of have a spending budget for entertainment, right? Alice yeah. likes to go out with her friends. Bob likes to go out with his buddies. And let's say that they don't really have a limit on their spending budget, except for it's decided by their partner, right? You could yeah. write a contract saying that this is only spendable if, all right, Bob's erg is only spendable if Alice is, also spending erg within you know 720 blocks <laughs> so you could really uh keep track of your spouse or just have a, a mutual agreement in terms of your yeah partner. so it's really interesting like does that okay so let me throw an example at you because this is where i like to play on on the consumer level would that make things like limit orders a lot like easier to execute too on like dexes because they they kind of have a uh, restraint of like an entry point. I, I is that don't, and it's all good if you don't know because I I, yeah, I I don't know. Yeah, because we're all just trying to understand this stuff. But um, yeah, it's interesting. You know, I well, love. I, have, I, I haven't looked at Dex as much and what would be behind all that. You know. Yeah. Um, I'm doing other things, and trading is really difficult to understand how they create a DEX and that, that, yeah, just starts, I think about that's it. And it's just other, yeah. That's a whole, that's a whole lot of research too. And we all only have 24 hours, but um, all right. So let me go over to this then. Cause I want to get back to Ergo. I think we probably helped add a piece in history of trying to explain uh, UTXO, EUTXO, and then, this other model that Ethereum uses, which is more of like the debit credit type of deal. Um, if I was to ask you though about Ergo, what is like the current state 
of Ergo? Like, where are they? Because we know where Cardano is, like you mentioned, with Plutus and everything. What What's the state of Ergo? Uh, it's good. I mean, there, there's a lot of different things in development, but um, they're not like chain. They're not, they're not so big that people are looking for them. You know, I think it's smaller developments that people are looking for, you know. Um, there are developments that are happening within the Ergo blockchain that are going to have maybe an effect on miners, uh, that might have an effect on emissions. There's, um, but most of everything on Ergo, it's it's all kind of like a soft fork, right? Or should be. The idea is that it should be because hard forks are hard to get adopted, and you have two different chains and takes a long time, causes lots of problems for exchanges and people that are just running their own nodes and they can't get to their wallet, yada, yada. Uh, the update process is just too much. So, yeah, you know, Ergo has this soft fork ability, as does Cardano, you know, and I don't see, see anything big Ergo-wise that is, you know, really worth discussing, but it's, it's the uh, development surrounding the blockchain, right? That's exciting because everything's already possible. Not much has to be updated or changed. If if you, if you were to follow weekly updates, you'd kind of see the developers shooting back and forth what they're working on, why they're you know uh, working on the decks, how how that's going, what they're doing with it. Um, the, the nfts what's going on there you know but like i say there's not a lot of developers maybe maybe 120 130 right now right yeah um and so with that in mind uh yeah nothing big like plutus with cardano that's huge right yeah so that's really big that's gonna allow ergo and cardano to associate even closer because the GD is about to get out of the bottle, and it's not yeah. going to go back. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, there's no, there's no turning back. I mean, there's a lot can, of wishes about to come true. That's all. That's all I'll say. But yeah, yeah you can you can already write a smart contract if you know the Plutus, right? Yeah. Um, if you can do that, you could be writing smart contracts for it. So I don't think if they said, ah, we can't do the PAB. People would say, oh, well, we'll just do our own version of it, you know, uh, like Ergo Dex has done. They said, ah, we're not dependent on the PAB. You know, they've already got a workaround for how how they can launch Ergo Dex on Cardano. So it was what do you Genie's think about, coming out. It is coming out. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think about, like, are you, like, uh, I, I'll use a word – that a lot of the YouTubers will, will use, but are you like pretty bullish on Ergo for like a 10 year window? Like what's your stance on it? It's going to a thousand X, man. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just, I, I was going to say that at the beginning of the video. Throw for a fun. title in there and I'll clip this and put that. No, I'm just joking. <laughs> yeah. Thank you for not doing that. I, but I, I thought, yeah, it's just, throw it out there for fun because that's not my style right? i think a lot of the viewers that are watching this <laughs> are going to be here for like the, the really just like to get a sense of what these technologies are capable of and stuff but um are you bullish long term on ergo 
I'm very bullish long term. I'm building a financial platform on Ergo, you know, um, and that it aligns with who I am and uh, what I do in my life, you know. So Ergo Lend is is going to be a very uh, long term project, and uh, I hope it, it it gets supported for years and years to come. So I'm so very very Ergo bullish. Lend because I I I study a lot of DeFi. Is this going to be like, uh, it probably will have its own twists, I'm sure, but is it going to be like a lending protocol, kind of like what we see on other blockchains, like uh, Aave and stuff? Yeah, so we're not sure exactly the direction that it's going to take with um, how some of that lending is going to work. Our first version is basically for microfinance, and it's... Yeah, what's, okay, microfinance, did you say? Yeah, microfinance. Yeah, what uh, what's that? How yeah, you- it's a it's only been around for like four decades, right? In general, the research and development of microfinance has only been around for a little while, um, and so microfinance is generally for people that can't find traditional means of obtaining a loan uh, with credit or with collateral, right? Um, and you see it on large scales where a company would loan to uh, a municipal area to improve that area because maybe that company is moving into the area, right? Or, or maybe that's part of their charitable mission. I mean, huge companies have charitable missions also. And so they might say, okay, we can help this area or this region by improving maybe a, a, a train depot city or something, you know, I don't know, help them with their infrastructure. Uh, and then they would put out millions of dollars, which could be microfinance, I guess. But generally, microfinance is probably less than a hundred thousand dollar loans, right? Um, probably even lower in the area of fifty thousand dollar loans. But they're risky too, where you're not expecting one hundred percent for sure that they're going to get repaid. Uh, it would be like loaning money to your brother yeah in, in a sense you know it's yeah, like almost exactly you kind of need to know in the back of your mind that you might not get that back <laughs> yeah it's your brother man come on uh it happens but so what was the uh impetus for going on the blockchain and creating a micro lending protocol there must have been a problem in the traditional micro lending or micro finance space that you saw yeah there is so part of it I think is uh, following charities around. Um, okay. The, the problems are following charities around. We saw it with when Puerto Rico got hit by hurricanes, right? A lot of money was donated to different charities and Puerto Rico saw very little bit of that money uh, funneled down and trickled down to where they are, right? But just because an organization that's raising money, they have fees, you know, uh, they might say they're nonprofit, but nonprofits can pay themselves. Nonprofits have to pay transaction fees. Employees uh, even sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. And em- employees, office uh, materials and what have you, you know? And so I think that well, the problem that I saw was that the peer to peer lending is done through these financial institutions. Um, and 
I thought, man, this would be really cool on a blockchain so that it can be actually peer to peer, right? Yeah. So I so I could transfer money from this person to that money when before in 2018 it wasn't really I didn't have Venmo back then, you know, I had PayPal, but then that's going through PayPal and they, they have their own fees. Um, but I could not send from my bank to another person's bank without having somebody there in the middle, you know, that, that's kind of centralized and they could go close their doors if they want, you know. Um, some banks go bankrupt. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I thought that it'd be really cool to be on the blockchain, have a peer-to-peer. and. 2018, set out on a mission to do that. Um, I didn't know about Ergo in development or anything back then. The mission was going to be to be on Cardano. Um, and so, will that eliminate a lot of the underwriting for for loans as well, like the fees for underwriting? I think so. I I think so. I mean. Um, the way I'm going to design, it's getting designed, uh, is going to be just you and I working back and forth. What do we need much underwriting for, right? If we're using a smart contract and we come to an agreement and we both read through this agreement and you like it and I like it, hey, boom, it's between you and I. Nobody else needs to be involved. I like that. So, so who do you, can you give like a practical example of, of like a situation that would be utilizing your lending uh, protocol just while we're talking about it? Cause I love talking about this stuff by the way. <laughs> so. Yeah, cool. Uh, yeah. So an example of w- who might use the protocol uh, probably going to be the first loan on Ergolend would be uh, ABCD and they're a, uh, blockchain developers program in Africa. Um, Josh Apkin, he, he is founder of that project. Um, and he's been around Cardano for years now, right? Uh, he's agreed to use it to some extent because he wishes to build up Africa through education and not just education, but through blockchain education. Um, and he wants to bring uh, people up in his area as developers. Right. So he's looking at ways that he can do that now. I imagine he'll find something. We'll see how it works. So would he basically, or somebody that looks like him, be able to provide like liquidity for, for a loan? And then would there be like some kind of vetting process on the other side for where that money goes like to make sure it's going to the right place or like how how does that work yeah okay so josh is actually going to be like a borrower right in in this scenario okay so he'll be a borrower and he'll be the one that's funneling that down and you guys kind of trust him which is where does the liquidity come from is it coming from where's that so the the liquidity would be like from me right because he, he submits a proposal to borrow money through the platform. And then I say, yeah, I like the proposal. Oh, I know Josh, right? I can trust Josh. And so I'll, I'll make that loan. Um, and there's there's reasons people would do that. For me, I'm already lending on Kiva, right? On the Kiva platform as part of the Cardano community lending team. And on average, those 
loans that I'm making on average cost the end user about 30 something percent in interest, right? So that's a huge problem. <laughs> um, you know, now in what I'm building, those same users could submit for a, a loan. And in that proposal, they can state that they'll pay, you know, 8% interest if they like, or 2% or interest. Um, th there might be some situations where somebody very familiar with the lenders, right? And so they say, they come to the lenders first and say, hey, would you be kind enough to loan me $5,000 um, at 0% interest because I'm working on this thing and I don't want to, you know, add any more problems to the project and that interest, any interest would probably possibly cause a problem, right? A lender could say, yeah, go ahead and uh, put your proposal up and I'll fund it. No problem. This right? kind of seems um, like an extension of almost project catalyst in a way. I mean, to me, it just seems like another initiative where projects can go and, and get funding at fair um, or reasonable to their situation, I should say, rates. Yeah, yeah. So I, I hope that, you know, uh, some of the people I've partnered with with Ergoland, uh, surrounding Ergoland, I'm hoping that there's going to be some proposals on Project Catalyst because Catalyst is only a grant, right? Right. It, it just it just funds projects that bring value to the ecosystem. Um, that's that's great. I think that's cool. Uh, but I think that some of those projects they want to build businesses, right? And yeah. so, in general people that want to build businesses, they see that business as being profitable at some point. So why they're going to get grants just to increase uh, or to, to, to build up a profitable business. seems like they could take a loan out, right? And then uh, I think they could take loans out in most cases and pay those loans back and then ha have that money <laughs> go help somebody else. Then yeah. go help somebody else. And plus, it's also like another play out of this could be maybe projects are going to Project Catalyst, they don't get the funding, and then they come to these other, you know, initiative lending services, uh, yours, for instance, and maybe they just try to do it that way after the fact. Could, do you see that as maybe a potential, like, I guess... And it's not saying that you don't, because every fund has a different challenge with Project Catalyst and maybe you just don't get the funding because you need that. But I totally agree. I think that there is kind of some merit to being able to take a loan out and being able to pay it back if you're working on a business that, that maybe can be in play, especially if they don't, that project doesn't meet the challenge, but it could go on Ergo or it could go on Cardano and they need some capital just to get up and running. Um, thoughts on that? Yeah, I I think um uh yeah, I, I mean I think people pull that uh catalyst funds, they definitely might if, if they have true intention to develop something, then they'll probably go look for funding elsewhere, right? Or they'll try again on catalyst. A lot of projects they only shoot once and if they don't make it, they just drop out, right? They say, Oh well, that's what it is, that's what it was, I'm not gonna try again. But the truth is, if they 
you know, they can shoot again and see it, see if they hit the mark, come back with maybe another twist on the project or maybe a lineup closer to some of the challenges, you know? Um, but the, yeah, there, there's, there's ways, you know, where if somebody does submit a catalyst project and they don't get the funding, but some people come out and say, well, you should have gotten the funding, you know, maybe some big whales or maybe just some uh, more wealthy individuals. And they could go talk to them and say, hey, I mean, you know, maybe I can fund this, but on a loan basis, right? And so how do they do that? Because we're in the blockchain space. They want to do a cryptocurrency, you know, smart contracts. And so that's what we're bringing. We're going to bring smart contracts into the play. So I see, I see now where like that niche that you're filling, cause that's going to need, uh, that's going to need platform or a platform to be able to operate in that. That's pretty cool, Chris. I didn't expect the interview to go this way, but you know, I just yeah. said some of this stuff, people that are listening would never hear from me. So like, it's, it's cool that it's cool to have different guests on because you get different ways of saying things and everybody, sometimes the way that somebody says something, it just clicks a different way. Absolutely. Um, if I may just ask real quick, what, so I have, two, I have two more real questions for you. This question is kind of a fun one. What exactly are you like, kind of, I don't know, most bullish on or most excited about? in the next, I guess, like three, or actually, I'm sorry, there was one other question. I was eyeballing it. What can you, can you talk about like what you think about the, cause I just covered a video on this. Um, do you like the infrastructure bill in that topic? If there's any light that you can help shed on like what, what, where we are with that. And if that's going to really kill crypto, um, just cause I really, rarely get a chance to talk to somebody that's in, involved as much as you are so i did want to you know ask that yeah, so so I, I really am disgusted with the infrastructure bill um and how crypto's been roped into it right but at the same time i understand because uh bitcoin has such a huge adoption and so at some point they had to start messing with it because it's money right um the 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 legislators they want to have their hand in all the money basically you know that's never changed that's been been that way for thousands of years and so um do i think it'll kill crypto i mean you're asking somebody who's been in the space for over a decade now right yeah so you're an og you've heard oh this is gonna kill crypto oh this is gonna kill crypto yeah so there's some things that slowed down the progress right um, early in, say, let's say, let's 2013, you had, you know, IRS arresting people that were, were actually trading crypto in local bitcoins, right? 2014, people saw this kind of stuff happening because they were trying to regulate it as a currency, and so these people they <laughs> they were like money transmitters without licenses, and so you'd have the IRS come in and take them out of the game. Uh, that scared a lot of people, you know, um, but, you know, as it evolved, they reclassified what crypto is and how it's to be used. And it's still getting classified in different ways. I mean, um, utility coins actually have that classification now, utility coins, right? Uh, but anyway, 
2011, when I found Bitcoin, it was all anarchy and to hell with the law. You know, we're going to do this whether they like it or not. What are they going to do? It's just a damn fake internet money. What, what are they going to do about fake internet money? Come on. <laughs> you know? And so I got to see like, yeah, a lot of people have built businesses that are going to be hurt by by the infrastructure bills and how they come to tax it. But um, I, I, there's no way to kill it at this point, you know? Um, yeah. Is the infrastructure bill, in your opinion, going to for sure not be changed in the next six months? Or do you think there, there's still room for the crypto community to like kind of put some pressure on that and see if, if that can get changed? Because I'm just undereducated on that process and if it could get reversed. Yeah, so we'll see. I mean, it depends on like, uh, I'm sure they do a lot of studies on how it's going to affect the economy, right? And how if, if you take all these crypto pe people working in businesses and now they're going to be harmed by these laws and they leave and they go to friendlier countries yep. and people are saying, what is going on here? This is the next step in technology, right? Um, for, for finance. And I think that the world is coming around to that. And that's why they're trying to wrangle it a little bit and get it under their control because it is the next step for finance. You know, we've been saying that for a decade. This is what our kids are going to live on you know, or use. And now you see it, it's happening, you know, um, then they, that bill could stay the same. I don't know. It, it sure looks like they want it to stay the same. Um, and it, it's just a big fight, but if ever, you know, there's something worth fighting for. Liberty is one of those things to fight for. And what they're trying to do is kind of squash out a little bit of liberty. So <laughs> yeah. We'll see. Yeah, that's an interesting uh, analysis of the situation for sure. Um, I like that, though. And I completely agree. I think that if it stays the same, you might see a lot of the industry that's in America, maybe boogie, um, which wouldn't be good for, for America, for sure. But um, so is there any like, uh, do you have any parting because I have a, fo a follow up question, I was kind of asking this one, do you have any like parting thoughts that you just think that we haven't covered about Ergo or Cardano that you think would be important to say? Yeah, I think that the uh, NFT space should be covered a little bit because we share similar structures, right? And, and um, the that the NFTs that people are out collecting and we have in our feeds all day, every day, there's no way to avoid it. You're going to see something about NFTs if you're in crypto Twitter, you know, um, those NFTs are really a proof of concept of how people can operate on the blockchain and how supply chain can utilize NFTs um, and track those NFTs and, You've got identity tokens, and uh, it's really cool to watch it evolve. And and I'm excited to see what happens in a year from now, because there are people thinking of ways of tying NFTs to physical items, you know, uh, to music, and that's just going to keep evolving and evolving. Um, well, one thing Charles said 
in like 2018 that's always stuck with me. Yeah. Because a lot of people have been messaging me, asking me if they're late on Ergo, right? <laughs> and, and they feel like they missed out. I, and I just think, you guys, crypto is not going anywhere. It's not going to like vanish in a year. 10 years from now, you're still going to be able to get involved, build something, invest. It's going to continue to grow. This is not going away. And that's one thing NFTs are proven is that they're not going away. And what they bring with them, it's not going away. And they're pushing the conversation forward about how to store information on the blockchain because, you know, you've got a couple drops that just bloat the blockchain all of a sudden. Well, now, now we got to figure this stuff out because of JPEGs, <laughs> you know, <laughs> what the heck? I know just the transaction volume with, with NFTs has really, you know, been a great little uh, test for the network and test for a lot of different markets and things of that nature to push innovation. What do you think about um, on NFTs then about some of these late, like there's two projects I'm aware of that have done this on Cardano or are going to, one has done this, I believe one is going to do it. And that's um, Lion Legends. And, and uh, I think the other one's Hash Guardians maybe, but Hash Guardians is doing something different. So I'll stick with Lion Legends because I know I kind of know what they're doing a little bit more where they're making like, um, you know, their NFTs, you're going to be able to stake the same way that if you've seen Cyber Kongs on Ethereum or heard of any of these other social tokens, like uh, that basically they're going to, you're going to be able to stake your lion. You're going to be able to get a lion uh, legend community token, and you're going to be able to get that every single day. And, and, and cyber Kongs did a similar format where, where they have their own banana token uh, it's called. And, and they, 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 you're able to just hold your cyber Kong in your wallet and you drop this community token every single day and you drop 10 of them for cyber Kongs and each one's 50 bucks. So it's like 500 bucks of passive income, which is insane. But like, huh. what do you, what do you think about that? Man, I think I've got like four or five hype skulls in my pocket and I'm waiting for November 30th. Okay. When I get some vapors. So I'm staking my hype skulls and waiting for my vapors to come in. Um, I think, I think there's nothing wrong with that. I think that's cool. You know, that they've been able to design something that is, um, can be utilized and used, you know, that there's a market for that. That's exciting that people are excited enough to be involved and give that project value on the free market. And now these people that have this lot, well, I don't, you know, this token every, every day they're getting more. That's cool. I like it. I mean, that's a cool use case. I see a lot of use cases with the NFTs, you know, so. There is a lot. Any thoughts on the metaverse before I ask the final question? Um, metaverse. Yeah. I, I imagine it's going to get pretty awesome, isn't it? I, I imagine I mean, it's going to get pretty awesome too. <laughs> I mean, I, I, okay. It hasn't been that long where I got locked into a video game and I was living basically in the metaverse, right? On a screen. And that was me and my buddies. We'd play games all night shooting people up and uh, crisis. You know, that was my favorite game. I got lost in it. You know, I didn't want to go to work and I didn't want to take care of any of my responsibilities. 
uh, I think that the metaverse with everything that it's bringing with it um, is going to be amazing. It's going to push society forward in a sense, you know. What do you think about this thought? Like a lending platform like yours that has a physical piece of land in the metaverse or a digital physical piece of land in the metaverse, you run these like, you know, weekly loan meetings where you have the guys that are interested in lending out and then you got people that can come in and pitch their project in the metaverse. You're all wearing VR goggles and you're all basically in person and it, it allows people to have more of like a discussion. Well, you could do the same on Zoom, but the difference is like you could also process the loan in real time in the metaverse, things of that nature. What do you think about that? Because I think that's where it's heading, man. I really do. Yeah, so I see it as like, uh, now I've worn the VR headset, but I, I don't really like, I don't like it because I still feel it on and <laughs> kind of bulky, you know, feel it there, you know. Uh, I think at some point it's just going to be a chip right in front of your eye. You know, or it's going to be imprinted on your lens, you know. Maybe it'll be a temporary imprint. That's kind of what it sounds like to me is that you could do a temporary imprint and, yeah, you can turn it on and off by a thought. Yeah, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see what happens. I mean, if all this neural link stuff really works Um, out. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, it's crazy. What's wrong? What's wrong with metaverse? I mean, as long as people are happy and living the best life that they can live and, you know, uh, having a good positive life experience, I think, yeah, I think it's cool. (laughs) What do you, okay, one last thing, because this is just fun. And I I don't want to take too much of your time here, Chris, but what do you think about this thought? Because I think this is going to happen pretty soon. I think you're going to start seeing digital realtors that really understand places like the Central Land that work full time in that metaverse, showing people w- what the neighbors are like for this plot of land. Like, why, what's the traffic like on a daily basis? And they're going to be full time employed by, I don't know, either landowners or just other people to show people around in that metaverse. What do you think about that? <laughs> Oh man, I mean that's job creation, right? That's yeah, that's really cool. And so, oh yeah, I mean it's just really interesting. I mean, to think that at the same time you could go way past just realtors, you know, and every, you can have like every service, <laughs> every service, you know. Maybe your your shrink is on, you know, in the metaverse or. Uh, your life coach, or uh, you or your get to sit down, or, or your lo- or your crypto like loan educator, your any anything yeah. you want to learn, pretty much you could have a real expert and pay for their services, and they could live and work completely in the metaverse, man. That's a great thought, actually. Yeah, yeah, that's cool, man. I, I look forward to how deep it goes, you know, and how quickly because. It is new developments for society, and uh, I think that we'll be able to use it for uh, medical science and improving the world in general, you know, uh, some of the social problems that it has. But it really does cross borders, and so walls, as we've seen, I don't know how the rest of the world is doing things with their hobbies and what they're passionate about and how they they're able to integrate into a community that is cross-border. But man, oh, man, the community I'm a part of is 
all over the world, you know, and I don't even consider these barriers that we have anymore. And when we talk about gov, we could just talk about this umbrella government, right? It's yeah. not just US anymore and it's not Europe gov, it's just gov, right? Because it's worldwide view for sure. Yeah, we're so ingrained now and I think the metaverse is gonna continue to develop that. Break those uh, walls. Yeah, break the walls down and and tighten tighten all the friendships and that'll be cool. So, so let me ask you just one quick question. Um, with Cardano and its development, a lot of you know the you know the narrative. You know the the main, there's the mainstream narrative, and then there's what I call the educated narrative, which is like people involved in Cardano that are speaking about like its its process. What do you think the actual um, timeline is before we really see Cardano having a like a suite of um, hallmark Cardano, you know, DeFi, GameFi products. Is it a few months? Is it six months? Is it a year? What is your general feeling? I think that as soon as the, you know, the, as soon as Plutus is finished, I think you're going to see it like immediately. So we're talking about what, less than a month or is it a couple months? Yeah, no, I, I, I'm not sure. I, mean, I know it's around that time frame. So, so like within three months, you're thinking, which would, which, which would yeah. be right around what I'm thinking too. I, I was thinking around th- like <laughs> three, three months just to give it time after because I'm not well adversed in like how big Plutus will actually play a factor. But um, I, I've, I've heard that that's like a big game changer. Yeah, because the DeFi really relies on that, right? Because, uh, or why is wide, that? Yeah, <laughs> widespread, widespread adoption of the DeFi relies on the smart contracts, right? So uh, that's what everybody's kind of waiting for is that back end to be finished, so that. Yeah, I don't even know why they're waiting. Are people really waiting? <laughs> uh, I don't know any Plutus devs, so I don't know. Um, maybe they're out there developing something so they can get around it. You know, I don't know, but yeah, three months. Is it three months? Within three months, I, I, I'm thinking myself is when we're going to start to see Hallmark DApps, and it's reassuring to hear you're kind of like you're around there too. Um, but I'm not really t- like emotionally or fiscally tied to it because either way, I'm still bullish on Cardano. I, I've, I see what they're doing. So Chris, if you were to and listen, man, I don't want you to die because you got important work you got to do. But <laughs> with your lending protocol and Twitter spaces, of course, if you were if you were to die tonight, what would you want this space? So you've said everything that you needed to to your family. You've said everything you needed to to your friends, your coworkers, and whatnot. But but the general space of Ergo, Cardano, crypto. What would you want them to remember you by, man? Oh, I think just for being me, being real, you know, I, I don't try to, um, I, I don't, I don't try to play any games. I just, I call things as I see them. Sometimes I'm wrong and I don't care about that either. You know, uh, I just shoot from the hip, you know? Um, and so, yeah, just remember me as being me without much inhibitions. I just go for it, say what I want, you know? do what I want. 
I do. I generally live my life doing what I want, living how I want, uh, uh, saying what I want, thinking how I want. I don't listen to other people saying this is this is the way things are. You know, I consider it for myself. So I am actually thinking for myself. You know, um, and so I think that if that is what somebody sh could remember me by as thinking for myself, then I think that. I could have made an impact where other people ought to consider also thinking for themselves and being a little bit more uh, critical of what other people might be saying. And so you get a better understanding of something if you can dissect it and uh, give it some of your own criticism and, you know, basically be on the other side of the debate table just, just so you can really understand all of the aspects of something so yeah i i love that man so sovereignty um it's interesting just one last thought it's kind of like when i started doing these twitter spaces i don't know anthony from hype schools he introduced me to the to the whole thing but i started hearing a lot of stuff that i didn't know anything about <laughs> and, yeah and that's where i was like all right i i am gonna listen but I'm also going to pull a Chris here and I'm going to, I'm, I'm going to talk to smart people. I'm going to get them on my YouTube. I'm going to understand what the heck their points of views are and, and try to understand this stuff for myself. And I think that that's a great lesson to anybody as well. It, it, it's, it's a great, it's a great way to end this probably too. <laughs> Absolutely, man. I think everybody, you know, do your own research, right? not financial advice, do your own research. Chris, I'm going to end this show. I'm going to just pause it real quick so I can thank you. Uh, afterwards. Cool. And uh, for everybody watching, man, uh, Chris, where can they go check you out or DM you about if they're, if they're too late for Ergo? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Twitter is probably the best place. And if you're really interested, um, it, you can look me up on Ergo Forum and Cardano Forum and Telegram, Haskell Plus. Uh, so yeah, I look the same. I think my profile is my face. So I'll put, I'll put, uh, your Twitter in the descriptions, Chris, and thank cool. you guys for watching Chris. Thanks for coming on. I'm just going to pause this real quick.